Hello everyone, my name's George and I'm just one slice of the creative team behind the new acapella Edinburgh Fringe Show 1001 Open Mic Nights. I'm the director and the producer of the show. I love acapella and what I lack in talent, I make up for in enthusiasm. Hi, I'm Charlie, I'm co-music director and I'll be lending my PR and marketing skills to the show. Hi, I'm Rob and I'm the other co-music director of 1001 Open Mic Nights and acapella fan extraordinaire, known from such occasions as that one time I watched all three Pitch Perfect movies back to back alone in my room. And welcome to the 1001 Open Mic Nights podcast. Join us for an exclusive sneak peek behind the scenes as we explore the ins and outs of creating an acapella jukebox fringe show during a global pandemic. In today's premiere episode, we're talking about how to get, and stay, inspired when the world feels like it's ending around you, and how we came up with the idea of an acapella jukebox musical set at an open mic night in the first place. So, let's have a chat about how everything began. How did we begin this whole big process of writing a show and did we have a life before the show i don't think so i think <laughs> that life began and ended <laughs> with a thousand and one of mike nights um we always we always say that we went to the icca's didn't we and we were talking about oh wouldn't it be nice if we had a show wouldn't it be nice if we were doing another show and then we thought let's just do a show and I think that's how it happened it was it was manifesting an action we just spoke it and it happened <laughs> yeah I like it and and for context as well we should probably point out what the ICCAs are and the fact that that was a um is the international uh, championship <laughs> of collegiate acapella so we were already at a very you know acapella centric place trending <laughs> the three of us were in the audience watching because we are no longer unfortunately part of the university acapella scene um, and yeah. well, and having been part of the acapella scene, having successfully taken a show up to Edinburgh, didn't seem that crazy to yeah. do another show. Yeah. Um, it was just at this time, it wasn't uni affiliated. I think maybe we were in the mindset of it sort of felt like a bit of a conveyor belt and we, we it was so important for us for like years and we were dedicating ourselves to doing acapella for quite a long time and it was quite a good outlet. And then all of a sudden, just because you graduated, there was no, nothing left or like you couldn't be interested in it or there wasn't space for you to sort of do something fun. So I think we've almost, we've just sort of made a room for ourselves. In this Zoom room, we have created a space so we can sort of do something a bit different. Yeah, and I think it did in a, in a way almost stem from, I don't want to say crisis because that makes it sort of sound a bit, <laughs> but I think it also <laughs> was like yeah. a semi-period of crisis because like, you get to that point where you you realise that there's no kind of like, there's no structure after you graduate from university. And I think, you know, having that idea and George, I think it was you who turned around and you were like, yeah, I just really wish I had an Edinburgh Fringe show to take up this year. Like, I miss, it's like a, it felt like a hole in our lives to be not doing acapella at university yeah. and like not have a show ready to, to go to the Fringe. And we were just like, well, why don't we just make one? <laughs> I would say as well, definitely Rob, for me at least was the catalyst because from my perspective, you'd spoken to George, George was like, oh, Fringe. And then I was like, oh, it would be fun to keep doing acapella. <laughs> <laughs> and then so you were like, well, why don't we just have a conversation, like a Zoom about it? And then we were like, okay, let's, let's do it. Or at least let's try and create a script How, and arrangements. No, and... but 
how interesting would it have been if we'd recorded that first meeting? Because I don't remember the first time we were meeting or like the first thing we spoke about or like, I think that would have been so interesting for like prosperity. I, I guess we didn't even think it would be a thing realistically. We were like, yeah. ah, let's just have a chat. I think it would be so interesting if we go back and think about like the kind of conversations we were having. Well, up until auditions, it didn't really feel like a thing until other people were involved. No. Because yeah. it's just us, what, meeting up once a week for a few months. Uh, <laughs> Being like, hey, I wonder if we did this, how would this happen? Because <laughs> well, like writing the questions this morning, I kept thinking back to the first time we, when we came up with the concept and like, that the 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 one meeting where all of a sudden we were like oh let's do something about an open mic night kind of thing i'm like before that we'd had like a month and a half of meetings where we just didn't know what we were doing <laughs> what are we we were doing? Like, this could be fun like just meet every thursday morning at 10 a.m on zoom and just chat about it we but definitely like, it would have been great to have like meeting minutes from yeah. the off rather than just like mates having a chat because yeah. we thought in the beginning the covid was gonna be sorted way quicker than it was, it was and so the plan was initially yeah we thought okay edinburgh 2020 here we come yeah so like a show that will be over a year in the making we initially thought yeah three months or so and we'll be, we'll be ready to go. Yeah. Well, true, because we should probably point out the fact that this all started, um, what was, what was the, the date of the ICCS was, what March? Was March? I want to say March. the 7th of March. Yeah, it was that week. Yeah, I think you're right. It was the 7th of March. So like this all happened. We first came up with this, this idea on that evening, on the Saturday night, at the start of March. Coronavirus was a thing that was going around the world, but wasn't, you know, it had arrived in the UK, I think, by that point, but it was still fairly unserious and, and everyone kind of was like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine, even if we do have to take restrictions, like, it'll be a couple of weeks. And so then we started meeting when lockdown happened at the end of March and we started doing stuff every Thursday. And then it just kind of came from there. And like Charlie said, like, we genuinely thought that we would go to Edinburgh Fringe 2020, have, you know, those three months to rehearse, get a cast together, write the show, like... We were so naive with that because it took us the best part of four or five months to even just write the show and have the music in place. No, but the um, thing is, is you would you would have done it. It just wouldn't yeah. have been what it was. But if you think at like any point in this project, if we just said, okay, right, close the door on that. That's what we're going to do. It would have been fine. Would it have been its best? Maybe not, but it would have been something. Mm. But I think that's the thing as well. Like you, th With this kind of creative thing, you've got to adapt to the situation that you've put yourself in and the timeline that you've got. So if you make your own timeline, it then has to fit in with an extra, like, bigger timeline that's going on as well. Yeah. And, like, we, we did that. So, like, we could have done it. I mean, we could have done it in three months. But it would yeah, have definitely. <laughs> it would have been a possibility. Who knows what the show would have looked like <laughs> in the end and how many people would have turned up. They would just be us three, like, woo, do what yeah. we <laughs> <laughs> well then as well it'd be a whole different like in terms of the people involved yeah i feel like again that would be completely different as well so because now we've had this luxury of like we have such an extended time span so we've been able to take our time with everything really think about what we yeah. want to do how we want to execute it who we want to have involved what kind of perception we want the show to have and we have now now that we've got cast together and we've started rehearsals we have a whole year to make this show as good as we want to be. And obviously like, as we will discuss, there are challenges with all the rehearsals being on Zoom at the moment and there being kind of no accessibility to seeing each other in person. 
but you know at the same time I think we're all pretty happy with how it's going so far but yeah we should probably talk a bit more about the story and actually what goes on in the show because I feel like we have not done that very much so far George I feel like you're always very good at summarizing the show I don't know you'll have to let me know so we essentially have put together a show that's about friendship I've, I feel like friendship and music are at the core and these are two themes that are sort of revolving around the whole time and it's these two friends Liv and Nina in their early 20s they are the best of friends but they couldn't be more different so Nina is a bit of a follower Liv is a bit of a leader they don't necessarily know that that is how their relationship works but I think that's how they've how they've been operating for the foreseeable um, and they go to this open mic night that happens every week they're regulars at this open mic night. They can sort of get up, do what they want to do, have a, have a nice time. There, we also meet Matt, who's the owner of this club. He has been working at this club for quite a while, but he's happy about that. He's not stagnated. He's just, he's just content. Um, and he's a happy chappy. We get along well with him. We also meet Lucy, who is a regular, who sings the same song every week, day in, day out. That's the only song she likes to sing, but she sings it well, so we don't mind. And essentially, our story follows Liv and Nina as they have to fight to remain friends despite outside influences coming in on them. They're at this early juncture in life when there's so many things they could be doing, they don't know what to do. So they're sort of going to grab at straws and try and find the right thing to happen. So essentially what we've done is we've written a jukebox acapella musical <laughs> that <laughs> is about these core characters that we feel like represent friendship in our times and what it means to be friends with someone and what you have to do to remain friends with someone even when it seems like it's at its hardest hmm. very very well surmised there right? i mean does it it does is that actually what we've written everyone yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely of course i think one thing to say i mean uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i would say we would all class ourselves as feminist hmm. and um we wanted to make sure that the story wasn't a romantic story yeah and that it was focused on friendship and as well at the moment um you know friendship is so important and helps so much in getting you know through pandemic and keeping people kind of want to say active i guess socially active um and i think a lot of people certainly myself um i found that friendships i found i have i didn't value my friendships previously but yeah, like I, I maybe took friendships for granted in the past and now I'm like valuing them much more and, you know, hopefully through the story, I guess you see how they value each other and how that might change through the storyline as well. And I think something that you said, Charlie, quite early on really resonates with me is that you wanted to see yourself or see, see your friendships in the friendships that we put on stage. It's not necessarily like word for word, page to stage, mm. but being able to see that these could be real people and real people that react to real situations. And I think as well, like we try quite hard to make the multiplicity of friendships an evident thing. So like you do have friends that you've been friends with since you were five and that you don't have to, like you might not talk to them for years, but then it's absolutely fine when you see them. And then you do have friends that you have for, a certain situation and that's not necessarily you picking people up and dropping them that's just how life is and I think the older I mean the ripe old age at 23 um, <laughs> the older I get the more I realize that you do have people for certain times and yeah. you can hold on to people and keep them but then sometimes they do just go and that's nothing to do with you it's nothing to do with them that's just how it happens um so I think as well, with, without spoiling it um I feel like towards the end we sort of learn like what happens 
if someone leaves like do you let them go do you want them to stay how can you keep them close to you even though they're not near you and they can't be near you all the time yeah yeah and in that way there's something i think there's something so deeply personal about the storyline to to us and, and, and where we are now because each of the characters almost represents like a part of of the experience that we're going through as sort of postgraduates who have come out into a world that is in absolute crisis and it's like trying to figure out what your place is in within that and how like you say how other people can choose to help you grow or how sometimes people can feel like they're hindering your growth and it's like the the main storyline really resonates with like everybody's going off and doing their own thing now that they're kind of free to get jobs and to go and live in different places and we all have to adapt to the fact that we're no longer living in the same city as a lot of our closest friends from uni or from school or from whatever but then you've also got like Matt and Lucy who represent the sort of like the I think they to me at least represent a little bit of the fears that I have of like of of stagnating Stagnating, the fact that you can still be happy doing what you're doing even if it feels like you're not going anywhere like that is a perfectly okay thing to be doing at any point in your life because as long as you're having a good time and you're doing something you enjoy then you know why not go ahead and just keep doing it certainly within my my own social circles i definitely think that the fear of stagnating and the need for constant growth is so apparent within like my age group and I, or our age group, I should say. Um, But I do, yeah, it's interesting as well, I guess, thinking about it as we were writing it and then looking back now, it's kind of like reading a book second, third time through, taking something different from it. Um, And then, yeah, I I think that's a really good observation of the difference in in friendship between Mm -hmm. Matt and Lucy and Mm -hmm. um, Liv and Nina. And I think it will be nice when we we fill those those parts with real people what they can bring to that role through through their own personal experience because we've got a lot of people in the cast who are of that age group now just a bit younger or just a bit older where they're going to be going through all of these things similarly to us and hopefully they'll be able to bring their own kind of touches of personal experience yeah i I think that's what i'm really excited for and i think that's what we're trying to maybe sort of emulate in the virtual houses as much as we can like sort of get people's imprint on what we've got like the more people we get involved the more people we sort of share it with Mm -hmm. i want it to naturally evolve and change and sort of shift about i just think it makes sense so it that's what's been most exciting recently is having more people actually see it and and like we said earlier making it like a real a real thing a real thing that's happening (laughs) yeah and i think as well just to you know obviously we've been talking about friendship and you know highs and lows and all roller coasters friendships can experience but it is an acapella jukebox musical so Mm -hmm. it is quite light alongside these things no, a fun time. It's it's really difficult balance yeah. to make because I think like we 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 want to be engaged in the world that we're we're seeing ourselves in, but like I I don't think we want to make anything any harder than it needs to be. <laughs> we're not Absolutely, get yeah. In Edinburgh, you know, super sad, leaving feeling like, oh God, friendship is a lie. <laughs> we want everyone to have had a good time, to have had a bit of a sing along. And... Yeah, we want people to come back every single day and then be able yes. to sing the words. Like we'll have a we'll have a, a, a lyric track at the back, and then there'll be a sing along version at the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'll actually be an open mic night where yeah, the all of the songs, and anyone from the audience can come in and just sing at some point in the show. <laughs> great idea yeah don't say it because i want to do it rob yeah. you know it. i love it. i love audience participation <laughs> <laughs> 
and everyone hates it. So if you like the idea of that, send us an email, let us know. Maybe that'll be the concept for our musical. Um, speaking of music, there's quite a nice segue into um, our next little conversation point. How we speak a little bit about how we chose the music for the show and also maybe what's our go-to open mic night songs. I like that. Yeah, I don't know, Charlie, if you have any thoughts on how you chose, because it was quite, I don't know, it just kind of happened. It fell into place, the music. I mean, so for me, the most important thing was, and having done a vaguely similar, you know, taken an acapella musical up before to Edinburgh, my main thing was, it needs to be script first, it needs to be story first, because the music, I, just in case you were wondering, I am like super all about the music, theatre's great, but I'm here for the music, like that's my big passion. Um, but with this show, I was very much like, yeah, it needs to be the storyline first and the music has to um, kind of aid the story rather than music for music's sake. But if I'm honest, for me, it was just music that I really jam along to and think, okay, I think everyone will love this. <laughs> the kind of songs that I would recommend to friends for the more upbeat stuff, for the perhaps less upbeat and kind of uh, changing things, adapting things, as happens with any acapella arrangement. Um, like, for example, the song that Lucy um, comes back to every week. It was a case of how can I... Actually, actually, do you know what? Thinking about that, my friend had sent me a song called Old Friends by Ben Rector. And the vibe of this, the song's not in the show, but the vibe of this song, I was like, this for me emulates everything that we're trying to um, create as, as with the show as a whole. But I'm all about the peaks and troughs and how does the music make me feel rather than the words behind it. And so the reason that song's not in the show is more because for me that it just wasn't appropriate. But with the, um, for um, my, like choice of open mic night song on the whole i just like the vibe and kind of being in the crowd unless someone says hey come sing this with me and i'm like Woohoo, yeah let's do it no 100 abba disney so long as it's cheesy i don't mind yeah i like yeah. that i like that my worst nightmare i mean i've never done it but one my worst nightmare would be going to an open mic night singing something serious and then like it goes terribly. Like I've I've actually never ever done that. I've only ever sung seriously <laughs> at a performance or like an acapella show or like in a, when I was performing in something. But I've never at an open mic night sung as George doing a song. I've, I mean, I've sung "I'll Make a Man Out of You" with my friend Imogen, uh, and that's that's about it. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. I'm the I'm the opposite. That I hate. I also biggest fear is well, my general biggest fear is like doing solo stuff in front of a huge crowd of people that you don't know when there's no context to it, like at an open mic night. But then the things that I'm drawn to, to singing in public, and maybe this is through the, the musical theater, you know, grades that I've taken that have taught me to do this, but it's like, I always vie for the like really dramatic emotional songs that I'm actually, <laughs> like, invested. So if I was gonna be at an open mic night, my like go-to song would be an Adele song. It'd be something like, it would be something like One and Only or Don't You Remember. You could get everyone to sing along with you for that one. And I feel that's like that's true. fine. But like if you yeah. did like, old back record Barbara Streisand, like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> to be fair, my second choice would be People from Funny. Yeah. Girl. I think that's probably the risk there. <laughs> 
it's one or the other sorry there's no in between <laughs> yeah it's either it's either the the pitch perfect soundtrack or it's Star Wars <laughs> the issue with pitch perfect though you for me you can never do a song you've already done acapella because halfway through i will be thinking da 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 <laughs> instead of singing the solo or something yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's up in the alto two part as well. yeah <laughs> No, but I think that's what gets people as well with acapella arrangements is like you'll they'll hear the whole thing. Like I've had this before. Friends have been like they'll hear the whole thing and they really love it. And they're like, wow, that's so impressive. And then like they'll hear my bit and I'm just like, do <laughs> like, <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> they don't get the how the component parts can make up the machine. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't really. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of assume that everybody has this like riffing solo line <laughs> thing that just makes it sound beautiful the, the curse of the bass and the the alto parts is that they are always always religiously awful to see that's <laughs> fine um but back to the music generally for the show i think you and i charlie have i i think we have an interesting dynamic in terms of our musical choices because i think I think, as I said, with the open mic night thing, I err uh, for the very like dramatic and quite like heavy, slightly experimental. Well, to be fair, like a lot, there is there's quite a section of the music in the show which feels on the more experimental side because we've got Jacob Collier in there, we've got Banks, both of whom are very like they play around a lot with the like whole atmosphere of their music, which I'm really excited for our kind of like reproduction of that for a cappella because it's always adding another level to it. But I think in the fact that like when making choices for the show we have quite a nice balance between like upbeat and happy and nice songs and some more sort of like rich emotional storytelling music um that fits quite well um and i think that's just the nature of you and i that we kind of like we're drawn towards slightly i don't want to say alternative but it is almost like alternative music because I don't think there's much in the show that is like really sort of like mainstream top 40 music. And I feel like there's a lot of acapella shows and a lot of acapella groups out there that do tend to stay within this sort of like box of like pop music that is really accessible to absolutely anyone who listens to it. And it just, yeah, it's very much like an easy time. And that's not to say that our music isn't accessible because I think we've made it accessible for anyone who wants to come and see the show yeah. it's like it's different it's going to be a different sound from what a lot of the other stuff out there is um and i think that's really exciting and i think that i mean i say this and we can put on the show and everyone would be like dreadful <laughs> i knew that one <laughs> that's in my top 40 no i think i think about like the mechanics of you picking the songs like early on we made a playlist we made a playlist rob and charlie made a playlist and that was a really fun experience to, as someone that isn't musical, to sit and listen to because I feel like we listen to music differently because I feel like Charlie's like the emotion of the music. Rob's more... I, I feel like, Rob, you're the mechanics of the music as well as the emotion of the music. Like, I feel like you're... What, what I feel like you're more lyrical. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're like, what's the story saying to me? And I'm like, how is exactly. the story making me feel as if it's an instrumental? Yeah. And I think actually that's kind of played out in the way the music has been set up in the show as well, because the music that I've chosen and I've arranged is, well, you've got sort of, you've got two songs that are right at two different kind of sections of the storyline that really actually like work with the, the text as well. And your music, there's, there's a lot of it that is like in the storyline as well, but yours has such a like, 
yours really fits with the feeling of the show and like every, all of the music really it, you've got a lot of stuff that goes under scenes and really plays into how the characters are feeling but in such a beautifully subtle way um, so I think, yeah, it's interesting from that perspective, how like the two different approaches to arranging, like one's very like in your face, here are lyrics, you're going to listen to them and they're going to tell you what's going on. And the other one's like this, how it makes you feel rather than necessarily like exactly what they're saying. Um, I think it'd be interesting if you spoke to an audience member and you said, how many people arranged music in this show? Like, would they be able to tell it with two different people? Would they be able to tell it? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how much of that comes through because I know you both so well. Yeah. I think it would also be interesting though, well not, well, I started that off wrong. Um, I mean, yes, it is interesting, but <laughs> the, the way we went about it was, okay, what are some songs that we would like to arrange just anyway, generally in life? And also what are songs that we think would fit? And let's, um, let's write down those songs for each other with a little explanation of where, they think, where we think they could go in the script. Um, and basically anyone put anything that you want on that list well, between us three of course um and then we kind of went from there okay do we think this works well here do we not these two songs out of those two what do we think and then even after that when we had the um shorter list of songs there's also been some changes and yeah. additions and substitutes so it's constantly changed from the moment it was like a 60 70 song playlist down to like when we had like 20 songs and we were choosing between them, like you said, and then it morphed into that um, song musical mood board ideas document where we were writing out all of our like feelings about each of the songs. And then now it's like a specific playlist that we've got that has everything in it in the order. Yeah. It's the X Factor. You are? <laughs> it's like the X Factor. Judges' <laughs> houses when it was playlists. <laughs> then you whittle it down through the live shows and now we're here at the final. <laughs> We are at the finale. We've got quite a lot of different <laughs> groups in. Quite a lot but of interesting music. Something else to point out, though, is I think we realised that we had played into the um, kind of very well-known um, disparities in gender representation with songwriters and performers, to be fair. Um, and we then wanted to... This is before we got a cast and before the script was... Um, the script and all the arrangements were as is now, and we're like okay, actually, let's do something about this, but not in a way. I guess kind of, I, I don't want to say for the sake of it. It's not like we were like, okay, here's this other song we're just going to have to add in or we're going to swap in, whatever. It was still that very much thought through, oh, okay, well, I think this song would really fit here, but I'm not sure. Like, just, I guess, making sure that we were looking at more female artists and how that music whether it would work or not, because if it wouldn't work in the script, we wouldn't want to add it again for the sake of adding yes. it. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something we realised yeah. in the process. Yes, no, but, th that's, but that's the thing with equality, isn't it? You have to adapt your practices rather than sort of adopting this I the ideal or what you think it should be and then not coming out with something that's authentically you or like what you intended to make. Yeah. I feel like things have changed as we've gone on we have a female heavy cast now and we've got a female centric story but that doesn't mean that we don't have an equal balance of sort of influences and creative ideas that have gone on behind it yeah um, like we, yeah. we've been constantly just it's always in all the discussions we've had we've constantly been looking at it from as many perspectives as we can we can feasibly 
empathize with because obviously you know we between the three of us have certain limitations on our experiences but like we have we've got such a variety of of music from a variety of artists like we've got you know queer artists as well as like female artists we've got um from different ethnic backgrounds we've got the music itself may not be from like a wide diverse range of kind of like styles necessarily but there's a lot of there's still a lot of I, I disagree with that I'm gonna have to strongly disagree there my friend because we've got country in there we've got Simon and Garfunkel oh, we've true. got Harry Styles <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel is their own genre <laughs> <laughs> but we have we have more folks in yes our arrangements um at some points um do kind of you know change up the music and with the Simon and Garfunkel there were different versions yeah. of the same song in the in the show but we, yeah we've got harry styles we've got um things that come across as to say more choral we do i think we do have varying styles and i think as well in the music kind of choosing process yeah as as i've said before when when we have competed in iccas and general music that when i've been a music director before i want to make it as diverse as possible because yeah. I think it helps both the singers and it's also more exciting for the audience because yeah. again feeling wise you can have that same feeling regardless of genre you know so yeah so we've got country we've got folk we've got pop we've got a little bit of everything so, yeah we've got a bit there's a bit of like R&B influence in there there's like there's a whole yeah, and electric, yeah, experimental electro, uh, electronic, I was about to say electroacoustic, but that's a whole but different thing. That's, that's <laughs> a very avant-garde experimental <laughs> stuff that we do not want to touch on. Um, but yeah, no, I guess, yeah, you, you're very right in saying that, actually, <laughs> accessibility, because like you say, it's more exciting for an audience when they can take different things from the show through their own experience. And it's like giving as much breadth to the potential audience because again we have no idea who's going to walk through the doors of yeah. the show but it's nice to know that everybody who does watch the show we at least feel will be able to take something from it whether that's a new artist in a genre that they like but there's an artist they've not heard of or whether that's like oh there's the harry styles song i really like or chloe x harry like you know there's there's something for a lot of people i think which, yeah which is nice and i think with that it's one of those where as an open mic night would be itself mm. who knows what people are going to ask for mm -hmm. so it's not going to be a kind of a, okay well this is okay unless obviously you've got a disney night or something like that but this is an unthemed open mic <laughs> night, just to confirm but yeah maybe let's talk a bit about how lockdown and the whole experience of coronavirus as I guess changed our perspective on things writing this show like how do you guys feel that that affected well I mean obviously there are some very obvious and tangible ways it's infected our process but like do you feel any different about how the show could have been if it had you know necessarily gone ahead this year or even if it were to go ahead next year if coronavirus wasn't a thing and we had all this time anyway I don't uh, for me I think that it's I... intrinsically linked like we that we have been doing this the whole of lockdown like it, it it started a week after lockdown i don't know like the whole the whole thing just seems like it i don't think it could have happened if this hadn't have happened so for me it's a really positive thing to take away because we did just have time to be able to sit and think about the things that we wanted so things had been taken away from us and it was a it was a horrible time to live through and it is still pretty pretty horrible 
Um, but I think it's something that we, we can say that we created from nothing. Like we didn't have anything to start off with. We just had a few ideas and a, and a, and a hope to make something that could be a bit interesting. Um, so yeah, I think, I don't think it would have happened at all if, if lockdown hadn't happened because I mean, think, I hope, well, in this, in this parallel universe, we would have all had like high flying business jobs and be millionaires. Um, but <laughs> obviously no. <laughs> I definitely agree with you. I think it, de it depends because we don't know. I, well, I don't know whether we've explicitly said or not, but, um, we're expected to be still facing the rule of six until March, at least. According to Boris Johnson, we started rehearsals maybe about a month ago-ish and none of us have done virtual recording, uh, virtual recording, virtual rehearsals before. So it'll be from a, from a kind of directing, music directing and um, with the script as well, it'll be really interesting, I think, going forwards. But yeah, as we are, completely agree, it's the show is intrinsic with COVID. When, you, when we think back to coronavirus, I think what, like you both say, what will be nice about this is when we think back to coronavirus, like a lot of our memories probably will be about writing this show and having that kind of creative outlet every Thursday morning where we have a chat about, you know, what we're thinking. And, and Yeah, and like some, some weeks it was a cloud hanging over my head where I was like, I don't really want to do that. Like it was ups and downs, wasn't it? I feel like there were quite a lot of intense emotions in that period of time. But yeah. whilst it was a cloud sometimes, sometimes it was like a huge sunshine and I wouldn't have been able to do things without it. Like it was just something to keep you going and something creative to think about. Because I think for me personally, like I feel like I have to ask permission to do something interesting. Like, I, d I don't know, like I feel like being in that conveyor belt of uni school, no school uni, I didn't do uni before I went to school. I went to school and then I went to uni and then I came off the end of it and you're sort of waiting for someone to start tell you, I oh, like, this is what you're meant to do. This is the next step. This is what's going to happen. Um, whereas this is something like we didn't ask permission for anyone. We just sort of upped and decided this is something we're going to do. And now we're working it out step by step to be like, what's the next problem we can solve? How are we going to move forward? How are we going to make this the best experience for the people that are involved that it can be? And how are we going to make the best show that we can at the end of it? Um, and I think that's a pat on the back to all of us. I feel like it's quite an exciting thing that we just, made out of nothing yeah. yeah and it just goes to show how all it takes is somebody to turn around and say i want to do this and then to have another two people who are equally as interested or not even equally as interested but who want to commit some time to even just seeing if this idea will work because we always said from day one we were like if we get five weeks into this and we suddenly realize that it's not going to work for whatever reason there's no hard feelings and we can all just back out and any of us at any point have had it you know there's such a freedom we've had this we've created this space and been given i guess like you say by coronavirus this space to explore it in the way we want to explore it rather than kind of sticking to whatever other people have said and yeah it's our little coronavirus baby but it's also the time, like for me at least, yeah. having the extra time to make it the best it can be, whether we would have done, who knows. Um, yeah. But yeah, if we had, then like you say, I think we would have just got on with it. And, you know, mm. I guess, I don't know, sometimes I think, oh, maybe it would have been more collaborative um, if we could, you know, every other weekend or something, if we met up, because yeah. in case you didn't know, we live in three different counties. So... 
it's it's not like we're down the street from each other and we can do a two meter distance um mm. chat every so often in person um and just in a software um like music software and writing arrangements rob and i used to live together in the kitchen we, we could go over things like what well, every day if we wanted to mm. um miss rona has um has taken that away from us but it would have been so easy to step out if we didn't have this like allocated time that was this is the time you have to stay indoors it would have been really easy for us to be like oh sorry i've got like 10 other things i need to do i don't think i can do this like it wouldn't be a top priority and it hasn't yeah. always been a top priority but it's almost like we have all been sat in that kitchen downstairs moving a computer around around the table thinking yeah. about what we can do like you've got you've got to picture it like that we've sort of made this space for us to do that and thank um, you to Microsoft's teams and <laughs> sponsoring and uh, giving us all of this software to, to make it feel like we are around that table in our minds. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie, you were going to say. But I think, well, something that presumably would have happened anyway, because we are apart, I, I don't know, but in terms of where the cast are, like, we knew... We had always assumed, or at least I'd always assumed that we'd be all over the place. Hmm. Um, now, if we were, if COVID wasn't a thing, would I think, okay, well, let's try to get people as close to us as possible? I don't know. I, 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 you would. Like, it, this would never have occurred to me if we, if this hadn't have happened. If it wasn't norm, far more normalised people to be Zooming all over the place. Like, I 100% wouldn't have thought of it as a possibility. And if someone had suggested it, I would be like, don't be ridiculous, that can't work. Yeah. Yeah. And we have had people say, oh, like, this is so great because now I can be involved in something and I don't, my, my geography doesn't limit me, which is so good. But also it's one of those where seeing where we come after this project, if one were to do something like that again with a big virtual group, well, not a big virtual group, but under 20. Yeah. I don't know. I guess there's certainly more scope for that. I had not heard mm. of a, an auditioned group that were not like relatively close geographically. It was either your kind of huge, huge, massive choirs doing one song maybe. Um, and that was it. There wasn't anything kind of, on on the scale that we're doing it and auditioned as well yeah and if you if you think about going back to the whole conversation about post-university the people who are generally involved in acapella groups around the country like they do tend to be it's like oh we're looking to start a group in southwest london or people who are in london or people who are in bristol like post-university or manchester or whatever but it is always that caveat at the start which is like if you're in this location and then it's like if you're like George and I where you have a lot of people in London but you're sort of like just an hour commute outside it's you feel like you could do it but you're going to be giving up so much of your time to get to that place to do the rehearsals whereas like as you say Charlie that none of that of this you turn on your computer at seven o'clock on a Wednesday and you're at rehearsal and people rock up in their pajamas yeah like <laughs> you, it's just <laughs> i mean we're gonna we're, we're serious stuff going on uh, but like, it, there, <laughs> with very correct posture and diaphragmatic <laughs> support yes <laughs> yeah no i think that's a, my the my, i think that's a huge joy to take from it is that we've managed to bring this, this group of people together not together you know like yes they've got you've got this little network of people that you know have a common interest so 
if you had like an album recommendation you wanted to hand out or something like you had this little posse that were interested <laughs> so i think as well um no, yeah. no, we're not a posse don't start that um, but as well like because you've had the the privilege i suppose of being able to work on it for like this next year to, in hopes of taking it in august we yeah. can develop that network far more and we can do things of like having i don't know master classes or bringing people in or having extra rehearsals or like i don't know like there's so many things that we can do because th there's no limitation because you just need yeah. to sit in their bedroom and listen so it's it, it's a joy really i think wednesday night's now a little highlight in the week where you get to sit on zoom for two hours with 15 other very lovely people and just sing up singing <laughs> sing in an otherwise silent room at your webcam on your own i mean there's definitely kinks to work out but we just got to keep powering through <laughs> yeah and maybe maybe one final point then in the eventuality that we do actually get to rehearse or even just see each other in person at any point in time what are you guys most excited for what's the first thing you will be waiting for when we get to meet up Oh, that's a big question, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like it. But there's so much to be excited for. I feel like it's overwhelming almost. I think as well as like meeting people properly and having a chat and getting to play games and things, I think I'm most excited to see something like blocked and on stage and sort of some kind of movement to go along with a song. I think that will feel very, very real if we have some people in a room moving about singing them notes perfectly because they know their songs because they've practiced them so much <laughs> and doing some dances and being their characters i think that like if there's just a 30 second snippet that we can make work that'll be really really exciting for me it's hearing everyone hear the sound what well, i mean obviously maybe it will come together immediately maybe it'll take a few minutes i don't know uh, maybe it'll take a few hours but <laughs> <laughs> just I think that's probably the music director in me being able to conduct live to everyone with, without having any Zoom delays and being able to polish. I think for me that will probably, I'm, this sounds really nerdy, but this will probably be, that will probably be quite an emotional mm. moment, hearing the first songs and just, okay, hear your notes as you would usually hear on Zoom, but everyone singing together, We've got the soloist down. We know um, because we, you know, obviously it's, it will be difficult, but we do aim to do some polishing, some music polishing um, over Zoom. So people will hopefully know stuff fairly well when, we, when it comes to it. But um, yeah, I can't wait for that. Mm. Especially with the more like, with the biggest swells, mm. like the, whether it's super, super high energy, positive, or whether it's super, super dramatic, those bits, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing those chords, those really crunchy, you know, when you have those beautiful crunchy chords in some of the arrangements and just the first time hearing those and getting those like chills that you always get when you're singing in a group of people and you have a, you just hit a really nice note and everybody's there singing a different note and it just sounds really lovely. And that's, I think that's going to be such, because it's been so long since we've actually had that, not yeah. because we haven't been doing a lot of this since we've been at, uh, graduated from uni and also because it would have been so long doing the rehearsals virtually <laughs> waiting to hear those chords and having to listen to me and charlie having recorded yeah. layered ourselves over our oh, own this is doing the chords <laughs> you need to make an unreleased tapes album and i i think that's going to be better than the whole show put together 
<laughs> is Rob and Charlie singing every single part? It's just magical. I love it. <laughs> I think- bear in mind, we are not. We, we cannot necessarily sing all the parts in, in, in our yeah, usual range. This involves both of us as a, I guess you would call yourself what, a mezzo or an alto, Charlie. Oh, uh, I definitely call myself an alto, yeah. An alto. So it's an no, alto. I'm on the soft one part sometimes. So, yeah. you know. An alto and a baritone trying to get through all of the parts from sop one to a bass who can sing an octave lower than I can is somewhat of a challenge. <laughs> But one that we will rise to. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Whether people want to listen to it. Or yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there now. Oh, dear. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. And while I'm getting to the end, I'm I'm very impressed. Um, we have loved chatting today. Um, please let us know if there's anything else that you're interested in that you want to know about. I can't wait to hear more about the music personally because I always like learning more from Rob and Charlie. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming along today and we'll see you, well, we'll, you'll hear from us very soon. Check out our Instagram, we're at 1001OMN. Uh, give us a follow and if you've got any questions, just email us at 1001openmicnights at gmail.com. And if you've enjoyed listening to us today, don't forget to subscribe to our brand new Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash 1001 open mic nights. Follow for more exclusive content like this. Thanks again for listening, guys. Bye.